Great teachers don't just come from the classroom. They can be found almost anywhere in your life. That's why we, Wade and Hope King, created this podcast to connect you with the stories, the tools, and the joy you need to take education to the next level. Nowadays, everyone's an educator. Whether you chose that career or not. And we're all in this together. So come on, let's do this. It's time to get your teach on. just laughing at me because I say what's up you guys for the start of every podcast episode but how else am I supposed to start a podcast episode how do you start a podcast you always put it on me to start it so that's the the only way that I know how to do it so anyways we are so excited that you guys are with us for another week here on the get your teach on podcast Mm -hmm. today we are going to be kind of doing a follow-up episode to what we talked about last week which was five ways to rock your life. life your personal life. And today we are going to be talking about five ways to rock your day in the classroom. It's a really Mm -hmm. good thing that we're not talking about five ways to rock as parents because we're sitting right now at Disney. So if you hear extra noise, it it is what it is. If you you hear, as a matter of fact, I think I just heard a knock on the door. But anyways, our best friends, the Lemons, they were taking Joel and Israel for the fall break. And so we were like, well, I mean, you know, why not, right? Why not? And so um, we wanted to come for the Boo Bash anyways. So here we are, but we've been traveling all day from Dallas to get here. And then they didn't have our room ready until just now. We just now walked into our hotel room. So Mav is in the other room playing his iPad and we're hoping that he will hold off for just about 30 minutes. So we have someone at our door. Wait, till we back to the podcast momentarily? (laughs) This is just, oh, I think our luggage is here. I think our luggage is here. But we are going to be talking about five ways to rock your day. And here's kind of the point of calling it five ways to rock your day versus rocking just a lesson. Because I feel like a lot of times as educators, we can get, especially those of us who have taught um, self-contained, to where we're teaching every single content area every single day, it becomes extremely overwhelming to think about how to make every part of our day engaging. Like that is just not a realistic, welcome back to the podcast, oh, by the way. <laughs> it's just not a realistic approach, right? And so we really started shifting our thinking to, you know, what, what is true engagement? What does engagement actually look like in the classroom? What does this look like for students? And it's not, people would ask us all the time, like, do you just do a room transformation every day? Do you have a song for every single lesson? Do you have, like, do your kids just leave j- j- amped up and jazzed and ready to go home and start another day tomorrow? And that is just not realistic. Yeah, I think, and, and also, I mean, when a younger version of ourselves, I mean, we, we weren't in this game very long to, to, to kind of understand what all it takes to to have an engaging lesson. And at the beginning, that's, I mean, for me, I'm not, I'm not going to speak for you, but at the beginning, I was like, yeah, that's what engagement is. And um, it wasn't until we really, really started thinking about it, we, we were making those relationships and we were doing those things right, right. without even realizing right. it. And we weren't really pushing that because it was always kind of ingrained in us. But what people see, I guess... It, you, you don't really see those things because those are personal the, relationships. Well, not, but not only that, they're the day in and day out things, right? Right. The things that you typically see on someone's social media or on Pinterest or, you know, 
are lessons, like a room transformation, a hands-on lesson, a song. And then we start to get this idea, well, if that's how we made it engaging for a lesson, that's how every lesson should look. And that is just not true. First of all, again, that is not sustainable. That is not, um, we are not able to maintain that long-term. Like try it for a week, you're gonna die, right? I mean, you can't even maintain it a week. But really, you know, when we started sitting back and thinking about our day and how it was structured and like you said, those connections and those mm-hmm. relationships and and the way that we infused those pieces of the things that we get that we gathered or, or got from those connections into the lessons, that that's what made our day mm-hmm. engaging. And so, you know, just wanted to kind of caution educators, especially newer educators, to, you know, not live the life that we have lived in the past where, again, you know, my car was in the parking lot at 11 o'clock at night. And I thought that every single activity that I ever did in class had to be engaging. That is a recipe for burnout. That is a recipe for an exhausted teacher. And then again, the things that we have been talking about on this podcast, the more exhausted you are, the more ineffective you are going to be regardless of how amazing the lessons are. And so we just kind of wanted to give you five things to think about. Again, five ways that you can rock the day versus rocking just a lesson. And um, obviously we are gearing up for, you know, Rock Your School coming up on October 21st. It's almost here, y'all. So excited about Rock Your School. If you don't know anything about Rock Your School, it is a day where educators from across the world come together. And this is not a day to say, oh, educators only rock on this day. Y'all know that we think you rock every single second of every single day. Mm -hmm. But this is a day to highlight us coming together, us gathering in community, us trying new things, stretching ourselves, celebrating one another, what education should be, right? All the time. But this is a day for us to really highlight it. And again, just a day that a lot of us gather our confidence to do something that maybe we've never tried before. And it is the coolest day. So you can find out more information at Get Your Teach On um, about that. But we wanted to focus on, again, five ways for you to rock your day. And maybe this year for Rock Your School, you're like, you know what? I'm not going to do something extreme for that one day. I'm going to focus on implementing one new thing, one new thing that I can start on Rock Your School Day, but that I can carry with me throughout the rest of the year. Because again, that's what Rock Your School is all about. So let's go ahead and dive right. Do you think anybody else is going to be knocking on the door order I, no, food? No, I think that's it. That's it. Okay. Yeah, so we're good, we're good. Good to yeah, start the episode. He, he was very quiet. He, <laughs> He's probably like, quiet. what are they doing in this room? What is happening in a this podcast, room right now? <laughs> A podcast for teachers? What is going on? All right. So let's talk about the very first thing. Five ways to rock your day. Number one, it's all about how you start your day, right? Thinking of a way that gets your students into the room, you set a positive tone, you have a positive culture, a positive atmosphere when they walk in. Because a lot of times we don't always know what students are entering our classroom from or what experiences they had the night before or that morning in the car or whatever it may be. And so starting our day on a positive foot and on a foot that allows students to feel excited about the day, I think is so important. And again, this really has nothing to do with the lesson, but more so a procedure, a process, environment, an environment that we are trying to work to establish every single day. And so, you know, I know that you have heard people probably like Adam DeVico and Katie Smith talk about morning choice. And Katie talked specifically about morning choice at a recent conference that we did. But the the whole key to that is allowing students to have a choice in something where they're able to come into the day with an opportunity, a choice versus having to sit here, having to be quiet, having to journal. I think it's just a different mindset or mentality. So whether you're doing morning choice or maybe, you know, you have their favorite music 
clean, music playing in the morning, right? Things that we've always done. Or maybe it is passion projects. You know, Wade, you have always loved implementing passion projects into your day, but an opportunity for kids to come and, you know, in the morning time, spend time working on what they want to work on. And that's choice. I mean, you, you allow them to be able to come in, start their day how they feel comfortable starting their day. I mean, just like we need to have our own way we start our our day so do the kids and that's why that that choice in the morning is is great and i mean i don't think there's ever been a time where i don't have some type of music playing in the background and what's funny i mean even if it's october or november i'll play christmas music sometimes just to to get a kick out of the kids like what is going on but or holiday music i mean it's, it's just one of those things that we can be consistent with and that was easy for me to be consistent with but it was also something that that kind of broke it up just a little bit. Yeah, so or even like crazy. I mean, and it doesn't. And even um, I was just thinking about the holiday time, like putting the fire on your smart board, right, yeah. or on your screen, whatever you have in the front of your room, or maybe it's under the water, it's ocean, right, and just. Anything, again, to give that calming atmosphere, but that excitement, that fun, like, wow, this is so cool. You know, that's really what we're talking about when we say really think about how we're starting our day, but also how we're greeting our students, how we're meeting them in the morning, you know, when they walk into our classroom. If you follow me on social media, you guys know that it has been a whole debacle of getting Maverick just into a daycare. One of the reasons that we decided to make a shift or a move is because Maverick has struggled with going to daycare. He cry, He's a crier. He cries every single day. Like regardless of, we have tried all the strategies. We have taken courses. We have read books. We've done all the things, right? But that's just Maverick. He mm-hmm. has a difficult time regulating his emotions yep. when it comes to going to a different place other than home, specifically school. Uh, y'all, I know they tell you that when you become a parent, everything's going to change for you. And I always roll my eyes, but it is so true because I walked Maverick into school one day and he was crying and his previous teacher had always just been so just gentle and kind and warm and loving and they would sing their special songs and we knew that Maverick was going to be okay. But he changed he changed age levels and one day I walked him in there and he was crying and I tried to do the swift leave, right, where you just drop him off mm. and you turn around and go. And I walked around the corner and I heard the teacher go, yeah, your mom is over it and so am I. And that just literally like devastated me because I'm like, that is now how he's starting his day, right? So even just the warm, the gentle, the kind, I think that all plays into the atmosphere of really being intentional. I know we have to take attendance and I know half of us don't, okay? But I know that we're supposed to make lunch counts and I know half of us don't, okay? I'm one of those people. I know we have a million things on our plate, but allowing every single student to know that you see them in the morning is so important, I think as well. So again, just kind of really... Take a step back and see how you're starting your day. Notice notice if it's a lot of high stress, if it's a lot of high tension, if the students, maybe you're high stress in that point of the day and your kids are feeding off of that. Or if it's, you know, like, again, calm, welcoming, warm, some choice opportunity, something just to start off on the right foot. Yeah, we're not saying don't have a sen- do not not have a sense of urgency either. Right. I mean, it's it's not. There's a good balance. Yeah, it's not lollygagging coming in, right? I mean, there's, that's, that's totally different. And so- Still having that balance and those expectations, but but I think when kids have something to kids, look forward to, yes. they're gonna have a, right. a more rigorous pace and a more a little bit more right. pep in their step than if they have to come in and write in their journal and maybe that's the number one thing that they hate, like or they have to come in and do a worksheet and Boy, a math worksheet and that's journal, the number one thing I, that they hate. I, mm, me as a student, if I ooh, I remember those, I didn't, I hated that. And that's just such a bad way to start I your day. That so every morning. So again, just really be mindful but of. Some people like it, so it's fine. Yeah. What 
do students need, right? This is being student-centered. Mm-hmm. What do students need to really get off on the right foot? Right. So I think that's an important thing because that's going to set your lessons up for success as you go throughout the day. So um, that's the first thing when we're talking about ways to rock your day versus just rocking a lesson. Number two is mindfulness practices. We talked about this on the last episode with teachers specifically and the power that it has. I have done a lot of studies of mindfulness practices. I know I've shared that with you guys, but just the things that people who practice mindfulness are able to do versus someone who does not practice mindfulness, right? And so again, just having time, holding space throughout the day for our students to even process what is going on, right? I am all about moving at a swift pace, getting things done, knocking things off the to-do list, getting things accomplished. But there's sometimes that I get to the end of the day and I'm like, I'm sorry, did I even take a breath? And I'm sure that students feel that too. And then they're not able to, to thoroughly process the knowledge, what we're giving them, think about it, let it sit for a second, because it's constantly boom, 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 onto the next thing, right? Versus, again, holding that space for them to even stop and just think about what is happening, how they're feeling about it, what they could potentially do with those feelings. I, I feel like that's why a lot of kids kind of react in ways that we're, we we identify as behavior management issues because maybe we haven't given them the time they needed to be yeah. able to process things. I mean, it's, it's providing them the, the time to do that. And I think if we just even start there, you'll see a big yield for the time you're putting in. And I mean, we've even seen this with Maverick. I mean, it, it, there are times where I where I'm thinking, oh my goodness, like I'm going to go to level 10 and then I just take a second and I sit down and I look at him and I just try to calm him down because he can't calm down. He's two and a half. But once I do that, he's it's easier to communicate with him. And kids don't grow up learn t- and, and learn how to do this. And so we as teachers need to provide a time during the day to show them what it looks like for us, mm-hmm. but also for them. And it's not a waste of time. Uh, we've been taught and we've said it over and over again that it is a waste of time, that whatever, you can talk about your feelings late. No, provide that time. Provide that time for your kids. Yeah, and we have a free resource that you can actually download that will walk you through mindfulness practices for students. And it's not just mindfulness practices for when you're feeling big, strong emotions, when you're angry or mad or upset or fury. It, it's how to celebrate joy, how to make wise choices, how to think before we respond. You know, these life skills that are critical to setting up an environment where everyone feels welcome, Yeah, and I think, everyone feels safe. And, I, and, and that, that was a good point too. It, it It's not only in those difficult or, or hard moments or those type of feelings. I mean, it, and that's what's cool about if you plan out your day for that specific time, it's gonna be, it could be, you could be feeling different emotions every single day during that time. And, exactly. that's, and and that that forces you and the kids not to just do it when something is going awry. Exactly. Right? And so it's whatever's happening in that time or happening in that morning or afternoon or whatever you're doing it. It's learning, it's us learning to be present Identify. more than we're mm-hmm. not, right? Yeah. And the environment is engagement. Like I, I think that, you know, for so long, again, because of what we see on social media, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, that we get confused with what engagement is. Engagement is a connection to an environment, to a space, right? And so, and then wanting, engagement is wanting to invest into the, choosing to invest into that. That's what engagement is, right? And so really thinking about the role that mindfulness can play in our environment to hold space and show students, 
that they can show up authentically. I know when I can show up authentically to a space, I am going to engage at a higher level because I feel safe. So again, when we talk about choosing, you know, how you start your day, choosing ways to start your day, then creating a space where students know they can show up authentically, they can show up as themselves, they don't have to try to act or be someone completely different. This is building engagement into our environment versus just impacting one lesson that may or may not have, you know, a result on a specific student. Mm -hmm. So the third thing is educational resets. Now, a lot of people use call and responses in their classroom, but I know one thing that I have always been big about, again, when I look at the environment is noticing if students are connected or not, right? And when I can, I can look out, I can look in their eyes and it's almost like the eyes are the windows to the soul, which is a good thing because half their, their mouths are now covered with masks, most of the, most classrooms. So Using and reading my audience, right? When students are disconnected, when they are either over it, tired from it, were, you know, really challenging those brains, and you are looking out and you can imagine behind those masks that mouths are wide open and drool is coming out, right? That's when we know that students are not connected to our lesson. So how can we infuse educational resets into our day? Now, this might be a call and response, but if this is a call and response, I encourage you to think of a way that it's a call and response where students are up and out of their seat. Not, I love shark bait, right? Shark bait, hoo-ha-ha, where they throw their hands (laughs) up and yes, that is motion and movement, but I think there is power to having students stand up on their feet, getting that blood rushing to their body, getting some oxygen to their brain. That will make a tremendous difference in the way that our students are connecting to the content of our lesson. So educational resets, again, can be call and responses, but again, think about how to get them up and out of their seats, right? Maybe it's a simple brain break. I know we talk a lot about, we, you know, we have class fit. That's one of the things that we've done, or what's the Uh, Go noodle, noodle. right? Mm -hmm. But if you're not wanting to stop a lesson after put on a video, that's where you can just, again, all right, I want everybody to stand up, wiggle, 10, 9, 8, set. I mean, it's as simple as that to get students up and out of their seats, and then boom, they're right back in their seats, and that's when you can use shark bait, hoo-ha-ha, boom, and they're right back to the instruction. Kids will be smiling. They will have been laughing at one another. There will be joy in the room again. That's the kind of attitude that we want to meet with the academics, well, with the instruction. Simon says, that's fun. Yeah, but I, I would be that. I'm. I don't know about Simon says in the middle of a lesson oh, because yeah, then. Right. But yeah. between content areas, oh. you're, between you're, you're trying to give me a win. It's between okay. content I, areas might work out to transitions because educational resets can also be in transitions. Yeah. Yeah, it can be a way that you transition from one content area to yeah. the next, right? Again, so we're getting them up, we're getting them moving, we're getting some oxygen back mm-hmm. to that brain just to get them thinking in a different headspace. Then, oh, here we go again. Or, oh right. my goodness, yeah. how much longer is this lesson going to last? If you are feeling that kids are feeling that, you are 100% right. Mm-hmm. And if that's the way they're feeling, I don't care, again, what you're trying to teach them, something. they're not going to be connected. You yeah. need to be connected. I am connected. You looked a little tired from, um, from, you just gave a big yawn in the microphone. I did. So well, apparently I was, I was you're talking, not. I but then it, it came out with the yawn. Apparently you're not into my, into what I was talking about with education. I need a brain resets. break. He, he needs an educational reset. Wade, get up, jog around the there room for 10 seconds. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> okay, so we've talked about how to start your day. We've talked about mindful practices. We've talked about educational resets. So just two more quickly. Number four is social emotional check-ins. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about this quickly because I have seen these being used and 
I just have a question for educators to consider, right? I've seen a lot of different types where you have the different zones, right? The zones of regulation and you have the color coded ones and you have the little smiley faces for feeling different. Well, I don't care what you, you have. a. Di I've created a digital version, right? You have a digital versions for students to do a quick check-in when they walk in in the morning, which actually is a great mindfulness practice because as educators, if this is for them, number one, to be mindful, then how are we using this information? Mm. Because I feel like, if we are just simply having them check in because we saw it somewhere and we're like, oh, we know that social emotional learning is important, so this can be my way to check off the box, but then we are not using that information to either check in with those students, and then if we check in with those students to restructure what we are having them do for the day, and I don't mean that they that you just all of a sudden say, oh, Wade checked in this morning and he was really sad, so I'm just not going to push him today. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about, right? But checking in with students to see how do I maybe need to lay a different foundation for them today or approach them with a little bit different mannerisms or approach them with a little bit more gentle spirit. I'm not saying again, oh, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to bother them today. They need their space. Right. And, and maybe that is true, but how are we using those social emotional check-ins as a way to structure our instructional approaches, our academics? And furthermore, recognizing that emotions can also change throughout the day. So maybe we need to have so a check-in after lunch, yeah. right? To see how are you feeling now? And then using that information. But there's no way that we can check in with every single student individually. So as a teacher, who are going to be the students that we are going to approach? And what are we going to do with this information? How Again, how are we going to use it as part of our instructional techniques? Yeah, it's, oh, it, mm. I mean, it, it's a lot. That should be a whole episode, actually. But it, it really should. We'll dive. We'll dive deeper but at another. It, it, at another it, time. It's really important that, that, that you do. Even if you're thinking about this, you're already taking a step further than just putting it out there for the kids. Yeah. Like you're you're actively thinking about okay, how am I going to do this? And and it's not like Hope said. And she she noted the kids that that aren't feeling well, or I mean, even the kids that are feeling fantastic, right? What are you going to do that day yeah. with them instructionally or outside of the classroom. I mean, it's it's one of those things to where we have to take this information and, and we, we we need to figure out a way to do something do with something it. with it and partner kids up and maybe to use it to our advantage. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's one of those things and 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 keep a record of it. I mean, that, I I love that you said that that they check in every morning. Well. Keep a record of it every yeah. single week. Once yeah. you have some good data, then you'll kind of realize, okay, well, I know that this student was feeling great this morning, but when it got to the end of the day, they just were not feeling it at all. Well, you'll and start to see trends so, too, yeah. and, and so, that'll help because, like, that'll help a lot. You might see that Wade enters the day every single day as he does as a human, and he's cranky or grouchy or upset or angry or whatever because that's just how he wakes up, right? But then by lunch, he's completely different. But then you'll start seeing these trends and recognizing, okay, that's just Wade's personality, right? That's what social emotional learning is, is that's just Wade's personality. Mm -hmm. Then maybe I notice something different on one day and then I'm, I'm, I'm wondering why, right? Yeah. So you'll start noticing trends and patterns and there is no getting this right the first time or the second time or the third time or the fourth time. It is simply just an awareness. It is trying. It is taking one more step forward, right, to make better connections, to get to know our students a I little bit better. I was going to say, you're, you're, so, you're, you're start, and, then, and then you start to build those relationships with the kids. Yeah. You, you, you really get to know them because you know their personalities and you know what makes them tick and you know what pushes their buttons. And I mean, it's, ah, oh, without thinking about it, you're 
you're able to educate them better than you ever were before because you know them inside and out. Yeah. And I mean, too, but also, you know, if you see that a student is really upset that morning, it allows us not to feel and take everything so personally as teachers. It allows us to recognize, oh, wait, it's not me. It's a situation Mm -hmm. or it's an emotion or it's something, you know. And so that also helps us as teachers not to get so frustrated with certain situations or or take things so personally, which then plays a big role in how we respond to certain situations. Again, this is engagement. This is people don't want to talk about these as a way, these things that we're talking about, we're focusing on right now as a way to rock your day because it's not fun, colorful, exciting, energetic. Social emotional learning is all about connections. Yep. Connections are the foundation for student engagement, right? Connections, environment. And that's why we really just wanted to challenge your thinking and, and today during this episode to think about how am I embedding engagement, right? True engagement into my practices in the classroom every single day so that when I do a room transformation or when I have a song or when I do a hands-on mm-hmm. lesson, students can connect at a much deeper level than trying to gloss over all of the real issues of the classroom and cover it up with the room transformation. And listen, I've been there. I'm talking to myself. There has been times where I've tried to hide all of the issues of the classroom and cover it up with a room transformation. Does it still work? To a degree, right? To a degree, but not nearly as much as if I had connected with my students and making sure that I have a foundation Mm -hmm. to really build my engagement upon. So we've talked about Focusing on how you start your day, right? Implementing mindfulness practices for students. How do we incorporating educational resets so that our students are connected to our instruction? They are choosing to be engaged. They are choosing to connect at a higher level. Social emotional learning check-ins, right? What are these for if we're doing them? Why? And how are we using that information? And then finally, the last way, we talked about how to start your day, but I want to talk about how to end your day. Challenging ourselves to find a way every day in either one lesson or the final piece of our day to leave it on some type of cliffhanger to where students are like, I cannot wait to come back tomorrow for blah, 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 whatever, blah, it, whatever is. it is, right? And, yeah. So again, that can be a lesson where you're like, and you'll have to find out tomorrow. Or it can be the end of a day where like, I know Chris, when he does like some of his room transformations, he'll give them a ticket. A ticket. At the yeah. end of, and he won't tell them what it's for. And he'll say, bring it back tomorrow. It's just simple things like that where kids are like, wait a second, what? Why do I need this ticket? That'll be the number one thing they do not forget to bring tomorrow because they will be so curious about what, why, why do I need, what do I need yeah. to come to school tomorrow for? What are we, are we doing something special? What's going on? And those things you can plan out for too. They, they don't have to be spur of the moment type things. I mean, they can be obviously and yeah sometimes those are easiest especially if i mean we're, we're all used to cliffhangers with read alouds and those type of things exactly. and so yes. we we know the impact that they can have even if even if you haven't gone to the extreme and using them but i mean oh my goodness they they are so you, you can recreate them you can use them over and over again they just look a little bit different and um once you start rolling with them it becomes a lot easier and the anticipation is what you want from the kids and is it going to make every kid want to come back to school excited the next day? No, but at least the the, the kids will see that you're trying. You sounded and just like Maverick when you said that. I did. Yeah. No. That's that, that now I understand why when he says no, it grates on my nerves so no. much because it's just like you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's so true. <laughs> and so you know, even just knowing your content and saying, okay, this is going to be a really mm-hmm. juicy part of the content. I'm going to save it till tomorrow. And just saying, and you'll have to find out tomorrow, right? It, that's It's as oh, simple yeah. no, this is, as yeah. that. Oh my gosh, I forgot I did this. So 
This is something simple too. This wasn't even that creative, but the kids loved it every single day. And I'm sure a lot of people would do it. I had this book uh, when I taught fifth grade. Oh my goodness, probably my second or third year teaching. But it was like gross facts or something. And I would read it and I would always stop at the end and not tell them whatever it was so <laughs> they would have to the find next out the day. next morning. I mean, See, simple but was, as that. And, but they loved it so much. And it was like the last five minutes of class every single day. Um, A Long Walk to Water was one of my kids' absolute favorite books. That and the Westing Games. Um, that I did for read-alouds. And when I tell you that I would make sure that I found a place to stop where I was not going to give them some kind of information, it's as simple as that, right? Use your read-aloud times. That's a perfect time for a cliffhanger for the next day. So those are just five simple things to consider. And some of those we might dive a little bit deeper to in further episodes. If you want to hear something more, if you are like, yes, let's talk about social emotional check-ins. Let's talk about this. Always, you know, check in with myself and Wade on social media. Hey, Hope King. Hey, Wade King. Tag us in your post. Let us know what you want to hear um, because we want this podcast to truly be for you. But again, wrapping it up, five ways to win your day Rock versus your win a lesson. Yep. Rock your classroom, right? Number one, how you start your day. So consider that. Number two, implementing mindfulness practices. Three, educational resets. Four, SEL check-ins. And finally, finding a way to end your lesson or your day on a cliffhanger to leave them hungry for more the next day. So yes. maybe that just gets you thinking about something. Again, don't don't think about all five and become overwhelmed. Think about the one that you're like, oh, this is what I want to focus on, right? And start there. But engagement, again, is so much more than one lesson. It is so much more than decorations. It is so much more than a song or music. Those are all bits and pieces to tap into our students' passions and interests. But engagement is all about connection. And connection is all about trust and all about belonging and all about security. And so um, mindfulness, social, emotional practices, mental health is such a big part of that for sure. But as I mentioned, we are gearing up for Rock Your School Day. It is on October 21st. We would love for you to join us. You don't have to do anything except for something different. That's all you have to do, big or small. We would love for you to be a part. Truly educators from all across the world now come together for this. And mm -hmm. when you post on social media so and you tag, cool. everybody just cheers you on. It is literally it's the like coolest thing ever. like we're all in ever. one big school it, that it, day. That is what it is like. It is like everybody comes together and we're all in one school together. And it is the coolest it's day. So, so if you are needing a little bit of joy or if you're noticing your kids need a little bit of joy, this is the perfect day yes. for that. So you can find out more information at getyourteachon.com. You can go to Rock Your School, The Movement. It will give you, we have started kits with letters to give to your admin, letters to send out to parents, letters to get yes. your colleagues involved. Mm -hmm. This day is about community. And I think as of right now, we have a, over 11,000 teachers participating. Registered. Registered, and yes. And so you can imagine how many are not registered. Exactly. So please make sure if you do it, you're registered so we can send you free resources and connect right. with you and highlight you. But our goal is 50,000 educators and it is on October 21st. So if you are doing it, please make sure that you register yourself or your school just for the mere fact of letting us know so that we can um, then get this community excited about how many educators are just going to rock out on that day. So we would love for you guys to be a part. We hope that you have an incredible week. If you did not check out last week's episode about how to rock your life, um, that was a good one. So make sure you check that out. Also, if you loved this episode, make sure you share it with your friends. Tag myself and tag Wade. It just encourages us so much when we know that you guys are loving the content that we are bringing yes, to you. But have an amazing week, you guys. And we'll see you next Monday right here. On the flip side. On the Get Your Teach On podcast. Bye, everybody. The Get Your Teach On podcast is hosted by me, Wade King. And me, Hope King. The show is produced by Sterling Coates. 
and edited by Andrew Weller with production support from Chase Mayo. Cameron Berkman is our executive producer. The Get Your Teach On podcast is a 3% chance production.